if I could oh, almost offer a shameless plug for, for me and for others of us who are in pastoral ministry or especially direct ministry of the word, there are four words that occur three times in the New Testament. Um, and I don't know um, if in some of the other devotionals, these have been uh, brought up, but the words brethren pray for us. Three times, they occur in the New Testament. Two times, Paul um, says them in particular. And then a third time in the book of Hebrews, uh, you may think that would be the third time Paul wrote it. I don't know. But uh, I just wanted to look at those three references and encourage you <clears throat> to pray for us who are in pastoral ministry. And if you could please, as you pray for revival, and as you pray for the unsaved to come to know the Lord as a group every morning, uh, morning my time here, 10 o'clock in Mountain Standard Time, I live in Colorado. If I could just beg for you to pray for us, I don't think that it's good and healthy for me to think that my role in our church or in the church of Jesus Christ is, is a higher role. Um, I do think that the pastoral role is a critical role, and it's indispensable in many ways. Um, I don't think my calling is necessarily harder than the callings that God has given to the different people in my church family or you in particular. I think we all have very difficult things to deal with, and we all live in this world, but I do think that my role is unique um, as a pastor. And so uh, humbly and yet boldly, I'm coming to you and asking you like the biblical authors did, Paul, on two of certain occasions, and then the author of Hebrews, they just said, brethren, pray for us. Please pray for us. Um, the first occurrence is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 26. 1 Thessalonians 5, 26, brothers, pray for us. And it's just listed kind of like uh, a grocery list, a shopping list, and just a list of prayer requests and statements that he's making. But the whole context of First Thessalonians is Paul is writing to this church that he had to leave because of persecution. So if I could say it this way, one of the first reasons that we would ask that you would pray for us as pastors is because of the enemy that we face. The enemy that we face. We face in and of ourselves, a superior enemy, as you well know, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 to uh, 19, Paul is talking about, verse 20 there, he's talking about the fact that they were there in Thessalonica seeing great ministry, and then Satan hindered us. They, we had to leave. We were torn away from you. And so they sent Timothy back later on to get a report. And um, Timothy came with good news. But because of the enemy that we face, we would simply ask that you would pray for us. Please pray for us. He's, you know him well. He is your enemy, too. And in the unique role that God has given us in pastoral ministry in fighting against this adversary, uh, we feel in and of ourselves very inadequate to do this. And so we need your prayers. 
We need your prayers. Have you ever watched uh, maybe a National Geographic video or a YouTube clip or something? You ever watched a lion attack its prey? It is not pretty. It is, it is not uh, easy. It is not inconsequential. It is vicious. It is to the death. It is nature, tooth and claw, people trying to survive, animals trying to survive. And it is bloody. Um, and we, we, our enemy, what First Peter says, is a roaring lion stalking us, seeking to devour us. And he does it not because he needs to eat, not because he's got some physical needs that he's got to meet. This is not just the fall as it affects uh, otherwise innocent creatures. This is someone who, by his nature, by his commitment, is evil and is ferocious and is vicious. And he hinders and he tears us away and he does these things. And we face a, in and of ourselves, by ourselves, a vastly superior foe. And we need prayer for the unique role that God has called us to in this. We need prayer. We need your help by praying for us. So as Paul said, and, and Paul, a, a mighty man of faith, uh, a man who had large chunks, if not all the Old Testament memorized in Hebrew and was able to spit out um, amazing, beautiful statements of systematic theology and doxology to God and, and these epistles that he wrote in the preaching ministry. He says, brethren, please pray for us. Pray for us. So we face a, fear, a superior foe. Um, he says it again to the Corinthian, to the Thessalonian church in Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us. Says it again. And this time he says that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. So again, there's the adversary mentioned there. But there's also not just who we're up against, but what, what needs to happen. When we handle the word as pastors... Um, it has to do way more than we can do with it. It has to, in a life of its own, as the living, powerful word of God, it has to speed ahead and be honored. And we, sometimes better than others, sometimes more carefully than others, sometimes less distracted than others, study the word all week long, prayerfully prepare a message, preach to you, but when that's done, things have to happen that we have no direct control on. The Word of God has to speed ahead and has to do work that in and of ourselves we can't do, and no matter how well we preach, we cannot accomplish this. We need the help of somebody way bigger, way stronger, way smarter than us, and that is God himself, the Spirit of God, using the Word of God to speed ahead to accomplish what only God could do. Paul says, because of that, brothers, please pray for us. Pray for us because the Word of God needs to spread. It needs to go out. It needs to go ahead. It needs to do its work, and we, again, we have a critical role in that process. 
And we can, we can be hindrances to that. We can be impediments to that. We can um, do, we can preach for the wrong reasons. We're tempted to do these things so that people will think well of us. We're worried about our preaching that how does it come across? Did I say that right? And sometimes we beat ourselves up for these things. um, And we can easily, even for apparently good reasons, take our eyes off of the Lord and put them on ourselves, even in doing good things. So we need your prayers. Again, this is a shameless plug. We need your prayers. Brethren, pray for us. Brothers, pray for us. Because the word of the Lord, we want it to speed ahead and do its work. The last time is in the book of Hebrews, as I mentioned, chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And in that passage where God is giving some order to the church on how the church should function, um, it says in verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Now, all I can say about that verse at this time, there's a lot to say about it, but I can say this. I I knew that verse was in the Bible, but I didn't really understand what it meant before I got into the ministry. And I have jokingly said, if I'd have known what that verse was talking about, maybe I had never gotten to the ministry of having to give an account for other people's souls. Uh, It's pretty heavy stuff. So very serious. And then after that, verse 18, it says, pray for us. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. So our own personal walk with the Lord our own testimony, our own conscience. We face a superior foe. We're trying to accomplish a task that's way beyond us. And we are sure that we have a clear conscience. We we want to sleep well at night. We want to have a clear conscience. And what we're doing, sometimes it affects our conscience and the combativeness that can exist between a shepherd and sheep, or I would say an under shepherd and, and other sheep, because we're sheep before we're shepherds, right? Um, sometimes the conflict that exists in the last two years of, of fighting through mask mandates and vaccine mandates and hard held convictions and notwithstanding all the other things that people hold strongly to that sometimes other people don't, and trying to mitigate those conflicts and be a conflict resolver and, and work in, sometimes it's, it's exhausting. Um, so I'm not asking, as a pastor, I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm asking for help. I need your prayers. And I think I can fairly speak with confidence on behalf of other pastors when, when Paul says, and when the author of Hebrews says, pray for us, when we read that, our, our hearts scream, amen, please pray for us. So as you gather together on a daily basis, six days a week to pray together for revival and pray for uh, people to come to know Christ, um, if I could just, again, make a shameless plug, please pray for us. Um, I would, in advance, just deeply, deeply, with gratitude, say thank you 
for praying for us uh, because we we can't do this. We need God. We need you. We need your prayers. We face a superior foe. Our task is impossible. And we're, we're just a bunch of broken. Sometimes we're just a bunch of knuckleheads like, like everybody else. That's what we're dealing with. So we need your prayer. We need your help. And I, I want to say thank you in advance for whatever prayers you can offer on behalf of God's people who serve in pastoral ministry. Um, and brothers, just pray for us. Thank you.